Hi there, everyone. Chase Raz here, the host of Multi New Media. And before we get started, I just want to say that as a new father, uh, which, by the way, explains our every other week publication schedule instead of weekly right now. But as a new father, I've been thinking a lot about love. And coincidentally, Valentine's Day is just around the corner. So I thought that today I would have Christopher Woodward join me and we would talk about the business and technological aspects of love. What type of market segments are ripe for the taking in this field? What types of technologies will stick with us in the future? So today we're going to go a little bit more towards the futurism side and the business side of things. But don't worry, all of it's backed by solid tech. All right, so give me a few minutes and I'm going to go grab Christopher Woodward and I'll have him kick off the show. This is Multinew Media. Welcome to Multi New Media. I'm Christopher Woodward. I'm here with Chase Raz. Hi, everybody. And this is probably a first. I think this is the first time in I don't know how many episodes now I've been on here on MultiNewMedia.com. This is the first time that Chase Raz has given me a topic and I've kind of responded with, uh, I think I got nothing for you. I think I have nothing for you. Our topic today, digital love. All right. Well, first of all, happy Valentine's Day, everybody. And can you feel the love, right? This, Christopher, this is why we're doing the show, because we've got some brotherly love thing going on here, right? Well, I'm definitely doing it for the love of it. Because, <laughs> because you have no idea what to do with this topic, right? Pr- pretty much, because digital love, I'm thinking FarmersOnly.com commercials no, right now. No, no. Well, and, if, and if you've never seen a FarmersOnly.com commercial... Go to YouTube and watch a farmers and watch a farmersonly.com commercial. They are great. I've seen a few of them. Um, they're not etched in my head, so it's not all that bad. But they're 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 interesting. Oh no! See, here's the idea of this episode. I think not only just to do more of a fun uh, Valentine's Day sort of special, but this idea that. I took a look at some data that's out there from the Pew Research Center that says, now this was, this was early 2016 data, so I'm sure what I'm about to say is even more true now. Pew Research Center shows that 15% of adults uh, in, in the U.S. market have used online dating services in some way, form, or fashion. Now when I read that, when I see that, I think that's a low number. What do, what do you think? Now this brings up the, the classic, this is how many people admitted to using it, right? Yes. And I think that's the, that whenever I see a number that I think, that seems low, first thought in my head, there's people that did it that don't want to admit to but it. But see, that brings up another point. Numbers show that the stigma involved with utilizing online dating is also declining, that there's less of a negative perception of it. So we're likely to see more and more people admitting that they've used these services over time. Now, is it 50% yet? No, I don't think so at all. Because, right, we're talking every adult in the United States. I don't think it's anywhere near 50%. I, d- I doubt, you know, someone's 75-year-old grandmother is, well, I may want to take that back. We do see growth in younger markets and in older markets with these dating services. I think it's, it's a combination of factors there. I think it's understanding the technology and what it does. Uh, the fact that it's not replacing traditional social interaction. I think early on when, when some of these dating services and sites came on, 
there was this backlash of, what, why can't you just go down to a bar and meet somebody? Why can't you just go talk to somebody face-to-face? And the idea is that because people are using data sites, it doesn't mean they're no longer talking to them face-to-face. Right. It just is basically arranging the people you will talk to face-to-face. And I always thought one friend brought up a really great point to me once. He said, think about it. How did most people meet? They met at a bar. Basically, they met when they were drinking alcohol, when they probably were not acting as themselves. I'm trying to think of this, and I'm trying not to fall into the trap of saying, well, my personal experience must represent reality. But I'm trying to think of how many people I actually know that met in a bar. I do know a couple, uh, a couple of couples, if, or a few couples, I should say, that met online. I know a few, including myself and my wife, that met in school. I know others that met on the job, um, but that's my personal experience. But So in my personal experience, I see online as one of the main key ways that people do meet a significant other. At least the statistics are showing not only that people are using these services, 15% at least, 15% willing to admit it even anonymously, but that 5%, so we're talking a, statistical, a statistically significant uh, percentage of marriages in the United States come from some type of online service. I think that's absolutely impressive. I think that may be even a little bit understated in its own. And I think one of the questions I have to ask is, do you see this trend continuing? Absolutely. I I think it just, it's going to grow. You look at the, I guess, the dating services of the 90s versus the dating services of today, or even go back to the 80s. And, and video dating. Video dating, yeah. Where people would go and create, a, you know, back then it was a video cassette message talking about themselves and their interests. And you would go in, and I know this from movies. I didn't actually go because, trust me, when I was 11 years old, I was not allowed to go to the video dating service. <laughs> um, but they would go and you would watch videos and say, I would like to meet possibly that person. I would like to meet with that person. Um, you know, speed dating, all these other things out there. It's just, it's another avenue for people to meet. Uh, certainly, I know for busy people who, you know, and this is a, a common claim, especially I think amongst uh, Generation X, Generation Y, Z, Millennials onward, is I don't want to waste time dating people that I'm not interested in. So if I already know that there's some sort of connection, at least I feel like I'm not wasting the time. It so. reminds me of a story I heard that I don't even know where to attribute this to, but it was relating the millennial idea, the hipster idea of love on an old 1960s hipster idea of love that says, you know, a uh, young man meets a young woman and he looks at her and, and they're both interested, but, you know, he kind of says, well, I know how this will turn out. We'll have a few dates, we'll fall in love, we'll get married, we'll have kids, we'll die together at an old age, so why even do the whole thing, right? That type of idea, but people are still looking for love. If you, if you, let's say you were born, I don't know, 15, 20 years later, you would be probably still single at this point, right? Because you wouldn't have met anybody at that stage in your life. You wouldn't have met your wife yet. Would you pursue, would you use one of these apps in the chance of meeting? Probably, I would think, being someone who's interested in technology, Mm -hmm. someone who's not afraid of technology and afraid to admit using technology, I could see me potentially using it. There's, there's just so many jokes in my head right now that I don't want to say, along with the thought that I really thought at one moment you were going to break into a chorus of looking for love in all the wrong places, and I'm a little I'm, disappointed that you did I'm not going to do that. Don't worry. I was looking for love in all the wrong places, looking for love in too many faces, searching their eyes, looking for traces of what I'm dreaming.
But here, here's sort of my supposition on this before I move into a couple of predictions on what's going to happen so that we can make some business decisions and some personal decisions. I, I think that about the time you hit, let's say, I don't know, middle school, high school, sometime in your secondary education, right, for the rest of the world, you start to branch out. And you remember being back in school and you'd have these cute little dates and you'd say, oh, I'm dating so-and-so now. And it's, you're, you see each other in class and that's it. But by the time you really start getting out into the world and you can drive or your friends can drive or whatever, did you experience this reality where you started saying, maybe I should meet someone at another high school down the road? Or maybe I could meet someone at another church. Did you experience sort of that branching out of your social circle when you were, let's say, I don't know, 15, 16, 17? Yeah, I think so. And I think, again, it goes to that whole you you widen the net a little bit. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's almost something from childhood. You know, who do you play with? You play with the kids on your block. Then well, you play with the kids you go to school with, maybe in your school district. And then you get a little older, maybe you're, you're allowed. It's almost like the parent thing. You're allowed to go to the edge of the block. You're allowed to go to the next block over. Then one day you have a car. Now you can drive even farther. You can go all the way to work and back. You know, I mean, and I know people. I have to say, I do know people who have used some of these dating apps, and they've ended up dating people in other countries. Right. You know, I have a friend whose child would name nameless, obviously, but but she's now dating somebody from Europe. She's in Florida, where we're located mm-hmm. right now, and she's dating somebody in Europe. And, and luckily, that person and the person will never hear his podcast out. But that person is dating a pilot, so it makes it a little easier on them. And it makes life um, easy. But again, it just it brought it, it, it widens the net. I guess I'll be flies in the MCO down here. Th- throwing the, the the you know fish in the sea motif here for a moment, right. but you know fish in the sea, you widen the net, you got a better chance of catching a fish. And I and I think so. Now, when when I was in high school, the internet wasn't new because I'm not from the 1960s, but the web was still relatively new, and a lot of these services were popping up. And I'll say more than dating services because I never really used any of the dating services. But I absolutely, I think if I'd been born 10 years later, I, I can probably say absolutely sure I would have. Um, but I did use messengers to cast this net, not just for romantic relationships, but you know, to meet new people, to find new people that are interested in similar things and ended up meeting a lot of people from nearby high schools and whatnot that were interested in the same things and it really expanded the social circle. Now what I see happening in the future is these, these kids now, am I getting old that I just said that? These kids these days, um, it's really not abnormal to be on some type of a dating app just looking through people and making these connections, whether it's for romantic reasons or otherwise. But I think as the system evolves, as it becomes more ubiquitous that the entire population is or has been on these services, I actually think that in the future they're going to stay with us. Now, think about this for a moment. If you had just met your wife right now and you started dating, wouldn't going on Facebook, and I'm not saying you personally, but in general, going on Facebook and changing that relationship status to in a relationship, that's a rite of passage for certain people, isn't it? Well, it has. I think there's, there's been a couple of humorous uh, videos out there of people literally at the altar after saying, I do, pulling out their phones. And changing to marry. changing the status. Um, you know, it, it reminds me, some of what you've talked about here, it reminds me of you know where message boards and discussion boards and certain topics have yeah. established relationships. I can tell you for a fact that there are friends I have who my first encounters with them were on internet discussion boards. Yeah. And you know, absolutely. I'm going to And your real life friends with them, whether you've met them in person or, or not. Or not. And and, and, and there are But they're real to you. They're not just some digital character out there. And there are certainly friends who I've have who I've spent more time interfacing with them on a digital platform, be it Facebook, Messenger, or discussion board, 
than in person. In fact, I can guarantee you there are people who I've met maybe a handful of times, quote, in person. Right. But yet I've had long conversations and know much about them, again, strictly through digital platforms. I, you know, I have to agree. There are people out there that I've maybe met a handful or less of times, and I feel they are part of the closest inner circle, whether I've talked to them in 10 years or not. It's still, they're, they're very much real. So I think that's where I'm saying that this sticks with us, not just in the romantic space, but in managing a lot of our relationships. Now, we already have social networks. But imagine as things like Match and eHarmony and Tender and all of these apps that, that the kids these days are using, imagine as they stick with us what happens, right? Not only do you sign up and you have some type of public-facing profile that sticks with you, but you then have all the settings behind the scenes. And they start to get a little bit more advanced as we put recommendation engines in place, right? Netflix is pretty good at predicting something it thinks you may want to watch. Amazon, okay, they may not be as good as Netflix, but they're okay at predicting something you may want to purchase. But what if all of these relationship statuses get formalized in the system where you can say, all right, I'm single, I'm dating, I'm married, and then put preferences in on top and use an algorithm to determine people you're likely to want to meet? I think it's absolutely something that we could see. But then in the back of my head, I also think of that classic, you know, the opposites attract line. And I can guarantee you I know of at least one relationship where if two people took any kind of compatibility quiz, mm-hmm. chances are they would be told they do not belong together. Right. And yet they've been married for 10 years and have two kids. So it does happen. But I think as, as machine learning gets a little bit smarter, it could be better at this process and oh, really definitely. gauge matches. So, for instance, let's say you're dating, right? Imagine uh, – let's go back before we're married. Uh, imagine that you – you, you bachelor, you are, are casually just dating two girls at the same time, nothing serious at all. You can go onto one of these dating services and say, okay, let's talk about status, let's talk about formality, and let's talk about flexibility. Even if you just have these three metrics, you can say, sure, I'm dating, that's my status. My formality, low, it's casual, just going out on dates. And then your flexibility, you could say, maybe high flexibility. I'm very interested in meeting somebody else because these are just casual things. And you can start indicating what you're looking for at that moment. And I think this is where these dating services are going to stick with us. Because then, let's say you meet someone through this service or through whatever else. You both have your profiles. Everybody at this point in the future is on these dating apps, is on these advanced social network apps in some way, form, or fashion. You're not going to shut that profile down when you meet someone, are you? What about when you get married? So right now, the idea is if you get married, you're probably pulling yourself off of Match.com. Probably. You should be, is what society expects, right? Sorry, I got lost after the whole I'm dating two women at the same time because <laughs> I, I thought you meant at the same time. And I'm thinking, wow, that's pretty cool. No, they, not, they must get along really well, too. So During the same time frame. They're like besties, I guess, and they both date me at the same time. It's great. No, you totally caught me off with that one. So. You, got a, you, got, you went back into your past and got too optimistic. You know, uh, but I would have to say, yes, it's a situation where if everyone is on there, yes, in today's day and age, I think – the socially appropriate thing to do is to pull yourself off dating sites when you're no longer on the market. Sure. Now, let me go on a different tangent. This is going to feel completely out of left field. Do you know couples that grow together or grow apart? Of course. What type of system is in place right now to help with that? Divorce counseling, pretty much. Well, is yeah, and we go to that <laughs> nuclear option so quickly. What if... 
you didn't get rid of your profile at the moment you got engaged or got married, but you went and you changed these settings to say, I'm married. This is a 99%, 99.99999, because there's no 100, 99.99999% formality. I'm not, you know, so I'm, I'm taking a traditional view of marriage where it's not going to involve anybody else. And you say, I'm going to set my flexibility to I'm absolute, meaning I'm not changing this. That service could still be there, could still see all of the social interactions across all of your social networks and can identify you and your partner or partners, if that's your lifestyle, and can analyze when trouble spots are coming. What if there's somebody that gets introduced to the network who could become a potential threat? Now, I'm not thinking cheating threat. I think that's where most people's minds go. But what about the new best friend that puts things into somebody's ear? What about the new business uh, where you see you know, people who go into this line of business, their divorce rate spikes by 75%? What if a, an intelligent system could keep track of these types of behaviors through whether it's Facebook or Match.com at this point, nobody cares. You wouldn't be so inclined to get rid of that service at that time, and they could monetize in beautiful ways by offering counseling, by offering getaway packages, by whatever type of monetization you want to do. Now, I, I see a couple of points. The monetization you didn't respond to, I have the benefit of seeing your face here, face-to-face, the monetization you didn't respond to, that may have been a little bit too business-oriented for a future idea, but I see your, I see the wheels turning on a couple of other ideas. Well, the idea is that, obviously, this would have to be incredibly intuitive. Mm-hmm. I mean, to a degree that I don't think we've seen yet. No. So, um, for it to understand all of those, to be able to put in the idea that you know, a change in career will result in a higher divorce rate. You know, all those kind of statistics to be included. It'd have to know you. It'd have um, to know your moods and the same of all of your and friends and partners. And histories of people with, and also upbringings uh-huh. and cultural. And, and I think that's a big one because I think upbringing and your own, you know, culture, your family's culture, uh, traditions, things like that also have to be taken into account. Um you know, so many different factors. It's, it's, you know, it's a lot of data that needs to be crunched in there to glean useful information to get knowledge sure. from. Do you think we'll ever get to that level of data or is privacy always going to be to where we stay one step short of that? I think we'll always be one step short, not necessarily because of privacy, but because of honesty. Right. I, I think you have to have a human being who is so honest in their nature but I think because of well, but the machine, fear, the, the the system itself could observe the behavior and analyze that compared to could, could compare that to um, what they're saying about themselves. Yes, but I think that that fear factor of, of revealing too much, I think for the majority of people would keep them from ever being totally honest. Uh-huh. So there would always be some, I don't want to say bugs in the system. Right. But there would be some factors that were not being computed correctly as a result. But again. You know, but you see the possibility. Oh, I, obviously, I see the possibility because you know, just knowing from market research, yeah, the more data you put in, the better your results are going to be. Now, I, I, I'm not trying to focus because I know with Valentine's Day, we're 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 excluding the idea of Singles Day here. We're we're hoping that you know maybe you're using these tools or that or maybe that you don't want a relationship, and so this is completely not something you're interested in. In which case, why are you listening to this episode anyway at this point? Well, because it's technology-based, and it's great. So keep listening and, and chat with us on, on, on multinewmedia.com and this episode page. Um, but where I was going with that is, is let's say, you know, let's, let's make this real. Y- you are married with kids. Would you and your wife 
be on not a dating service because that's not the lifestyle you have at least as far as I'm I know would you be on some type of social network that really could give you some heads up and let you choose this couple over here may be a good uh, group of friends you know take the kids to the movies that type of thing and over here we're not so in line we have different values we have different priorities what if you could pre-screen um, some people out there by using something like this which you're already doing manually with Facebook, uh, I, was, I think, is I was, what everybody's doing. Yeah, I think everybody's already doing it manually with Facebook. I mean, obviously, it, it would avoid that, you know, that first dinner out. And I'm sure you've had this happen to you in your life, too, where... where no, never. Know, I get along with everyone. Your, your partner, or <laughs> either you or your partner, you know, meet somebody. Uh-huh. And they're they're married, in our case, and again, we should, you know, caveat, we're both married men here at this we point. We should get together. So we should get together. You should get your wife. No. I should get my husband Now, first my of all, ladies, a man's natural response to that is, ugh, ugh. no. I got news for you. Most women's response yeah, to is, uh, uh, no. So. But, and then what happens is you go out for dinner, and you either realize that you have things in common, you hit it off, have a great conversation, or you realize you don't have things in common, the two people that work together inevitably discuss work. Right. And the other two people are looking at their watch, looking at their phone, and thinking, I wasted a night out that I could have been out doing something with friends I like, yeah. and I wasted it there. And yeah, it absolutely has happened. If I could avoid that, sure, it would have been would have been very helpful on a few occasions. Yeah. I, you know, I do. I really do, and, and I think this is what I'll conclude with from my part, in case you have, uh, or unless you have anything else to add there. Um I really do think that as these services become more widespread and pervasive with younger generations, let's say you're 15, 16 now, you're probably going to use one of these services at some point. I guarantee you, you're going to be on a social network if you're not already and haven't been from the time you're 13. I just really do think that these things are going to start sticking with us a little bit longer, that the lines between a social network and a dating application will eventually blur no matter the level of intelligence that we get, whether it's going to be able to really help you know whether you're going to like someone or not, whether you're going to be friends with someone or not. But I think this is going to become much more of a core part of our identity of really analyzing someone and thinking, you know, not to go all black mirror on this or anything, but how does somebody fit in with my life and is it worthwhile or is there a big question mark? I've been asking myself that question since pretty much the start of this episode. So I think it's a good time to end this episode then. We're putting our friendship at jeopardy. So uh, on behalf of Christopher Woodward and myself, Chase Raz, and all of the other guests and hosts and listeners of Multinew Media, this has been Digital Love. I hope you've gotten something out of it. If you have, though, please, please validate me. Please vindicate me. Go to multinewmedia.com. Click the link for this episode and add some comments to the comment box to let Christopher Woodward know, yes, you see the future the way I do. All right. Take care, everybody. Until next time. laughing at me. Digital love. This is Chase Razabadowski with Digital Love. With Digital Love. I got, digital I'll have love. to go into radio voice to do that. <laughs> digital Love. You should put like an echo on you. Digital Love. <laughs> oh, that's a funny freaking topic. Oh, oh come on. I thought it was, I thought it was okay. Ladies and gentlemen, until next time, take care.